Secrets to Real Estate Investing, Episode 4. Welcome to the Secrets to Real Estate Investing podcast by House Flip Masters, where you will learn powerful strategies from top experts in real estate investing, and you will find valuable information to take your investments to the next level. Now, here's your host and expert real estate investor, Holly McCann. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another fabulous episode of our super fun podcast, learning all about the secrets to real estate investing. Today, we have a fun, successful, and beautiful wholesaler, Jackie Mendoza. So welcome, Jackie. Hey, Jackie, how are you today? Good, how are you? <laughs> Great. We're so glad you could join us and share some of your secrets and be so generous with your time and your experience to help other new aspiring real estate investors learn the best ways to do things and maybe ways not to do things. So to start out, can you tell us how you got into real estate investing and how old you were? Because I think you were really young. Yes. Um, well, high school. Um, I started off really young. I saw my parents do a little bit of investing and rehabbing. My mom worked for an investor and did a lot of her leg work. So I saw a lot of the, um, the process and getting properties, you know, ready to be sold and also ready to be rented and saw what the cash flow looked like as well too. Um, funny story. My little sister who was 17 at the time gave me the book, rich dad, poor dad, because she felt that it described me. It was the weirdest thing ever. And I was, I had just turned 18 and I read the book and still took on a job for about a year and then quit that job shortly after. Cause it just, it wasn't a right fit. I already knew from reading that book, it was just all my answers. It fit me well. I didn't want a nine to five. It just, it is what it is. So yes, I started at 18, very young. Wow. Can you tell us about your first deal? Oh, my first deal was a complete um, newer construction home in Corona. I had partnered up with my chiropractic doctor who knew more than me and talked me into partnering with her and running in, you know, doing the errands and going to the city, pulling the permits. And we did it. We did it. And I made about 45000 on that deal. And that, that immediately like hooked me. It was a no-brainer. So yeah, that was probably more than you were going to make in your whole first year as an employee at age 18, huh? <laughs> For sure. For yeah. sure. That's amazing. Well, that's exciting. That's a very good first deal. Sometimes people's first deals don't go so well, but man, that was awesome for you. So why don't you tell people about what you do? Do you flip full time? Do you wholesale? You know, what's your niche and what do you do? Right now, my niche is wholesaling. Um, And I've done the flipping. It's a love and hate thing. Um, It's got its cons. It's got its pros. It can make you good money. It can you can lose money. Um, for me right now, I just want sweet and simple. And I did my first wholesale deal and it was a good chunk of change. It was, you know, you've heard about that deal, the the hundred K deal. So that's where I made the decision to just fully focus on wholesaling and to just take a break on the flipping. So would you like to share your story about that big wholesale fee and how that came about? 
Yes. Okay. So that wholesale deal was the most easiest deal I had ever done. It felt almost wrong to take the check. I still took it because I had put in the legwork, but it was like, it was surreal. I couldn't believe that it happened that fast. So I had a realtor at the time who had a client who was renting out to her siblings. Her siblings hadn't paid her in about seven years. Um, and she didn't have the heart to kick out her siblings. She just couldn't do it. So the oldest sister inherited the property. You know, there was a will left over. She took on the title and finally said to my realtor, I want to sell it. I don't want to deal with it being on the market, but she took it to my realtor. So it was an off market listing. My realtor came to me and said, look, can you take this deal? Can you close fast? Here's, here's the drawback. You've got to get the tenants out. They're family. She doesn't want to deal with it. So I, I called Karen from the, from the Invest Club for Women. And I said, you know, I have no clue of how to get tenants out, but I know that you do. And I love, I, I had attended the meetings and the groups and it was very, it was the right fit. So we went out and um, met with the seller, signed the contract, agreed to get the tenants out, got the tenants out, gave them cash for keys, had them sign all the documentation and drove the comps several times. It was the funniest thing ever because we couldn't believe the numbers. We couldn't believe the spread. We had got such a good deal. I don't think you ever really, and it happened, it was easy. That, that's the thing. And this is the only one that ended up being easy, an easy deal, but it closed within the matter of weeks. It was, it was the best deal ever. It was just awesome. And the people that bought it from us made a huge chunk of cash after that too. So we got our fee of a hundred grand. Um, the, the people that bought it from us, uh, an end user came in and an end user is, is a retail buyer came in and um, purchased it from them. And they made a, about 200,000 is what I was told. So there was tons of equity in that deal. It was, I love those deals. I want more of those. <laughs> yeah, we all would. So yeah. that deal came about from a realtor relationship, right? Yes. So networking with realtors can be a little bit rewarding, huh? I think so. I, I have a couple of different realtors that I've had to sit down and explain to them this wholesaling process and they get it. The light bulb goes off in their head and they can still make a commission. There's room enough for that if you purchase right. So I think that networking with realtors, brokers, lenders, all kinds of people are good. You never know when you can be a solution. Yeah, I'm a huge proponent of networking and that's how I bought my last 100 houses was all networking too. And I love to hear other people's success stories. Would you mind sharing what city that house flip was in? That was considered Marina Del Rey. Um, also Los Angeles though too. So it was a little niche pocket in Marina Del Rey that there's a lot of original homeowners. You, you can't really get things to sell. So the fact that one came on the market was, it was in high demand. It really was. So. Did that make it at all challenging for comps if there's not a lot selling or was that not an issue in that area? There, it wasn't an issue in that area. Okay, good. It was insane, but um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sometimes wholesalers will bring me potential deals and there's really not any good comps. And then you're just kind of going off um, faith and hope that, hey, hope and think it's going to work. Yeah. Oops, that's mine. Sorry.
That's okay. Hey, um, if you wouldn't mind sharing what your whole strategy is that you do now to wholesale deals. I mean, obviously you've shared the networking one, but I assume you do some direct marketing. Is that right? Yes, we do a lot of direct marketing and we call them bird letters. It's just a name that has stuck. I learned that from my mentor. Um, and we're, we're different. We're a lot different. Um, let me show you a little bit. Well, this has an address, but that's okay. So our, our letters, our bird letters, are hard stock, 110-pound paper. It's kind of like the wedding invitations. It's got pretty astro specs on it. It's really fancy. We've got the pretty little blue envelope, right, with the sticker in the back. We've got a pretty stamp. So we send out about anywhere from 500 to 1,000 a week. And we target high-equity homes that hardly that don't have any debt or hardly any debt um and we also target the pre-foreclosures and the foreclosures as well too but the letter will look different mm -hmm. so it's, it's important to keep consistent and for your letter to be tailored to you because i want these people to know that i'm a human being that can purchase their home right and offer them some pretty awesome creative solutions that not many other buyers can offer so that's that's what we do um what else what does it cost per mail piece and do you hire one company to produce that you send them a list and then they produce them and mail them for you so let me retract back a step so when i decided to take on the wholesaling i am not tech savvy whatsoever um I can put the colors together and I know what I want my letters to say. I hired an intern by the name of Denea. Um, she's awesome. She actually came up with a way to create a font that looks like it's handwritten. Um, and then she was able to download it and produce our own letters. So our letters now are produced by our laser printer. It's commercial grade. And she comes in and will go through the list, the Excel spreadsheet that we get from Title or from um, other softwares like the Kent Clothier that we pull from lists as well too, and she'll produce them. She, she's got the steps down to the T and she gets that done. Um, where was I? Because I completely forgot. But um, Well, I was just asking, did you have an outside service? But it sounds like you do the whole thing in-house, huh? We do it now and, and the actual paper it costs you about 14 bucks. We order everything online from Office Depot. It's 14 bucks for the hard stock. It's got 250 papers in there. These envelopes are the more costlier ones. I don't know if you can see that too well, but it's the, the uh, wedding envelopes. These only come in a batch of, of 40 and they're about $8. So wow. yeah. Um, the other types of letters are the envelopes that we use cost less. But they still, it's a batch of 100 and it's about $11. And then you've got the cost of stamps as well, too, at 49 cents. The labels that are on the back of our letters, um, we now produce. And we will probably be transitioning as to what we place on the back of this label as well, too, now. Just because we're, we want to change with, um, with the season. So that's also important, too. The color of our envelopes, if it's, you know, March, they're going to be green. We like to have fun with it, and it'll have like a leprechaun if we can get that, or the label will have a leprechaun. So oh, fun. Okay. Yeah. So very eye-catching. 
So you're probably spending a dollar plus per mail piece, right? Uh, yeah, it's about a buck ten. All right. Would you be able to share your statistics of how many mailings lead to how many phone calls lead to how many deals? Yeah. So, okay. Now I got really fixated on this because a lot of people will say per hundred, it's like a 1% ratio. Now the calls that we get are anywhere from three to 4%. Now the amount of deals that we close it's not the same as that, that rate of return. Um, per every hundred, there's about four to five calls that come in and it's about one deal out of those calls to where we either get it under contract or we've got to do what I call a slow dance with them. Mm-hmm. And that can take anywhere from two to four to six months or they will tell us, hey, you know what? I'm going to keep your letter because it's so pretty and it's different, but I don't want to sell till next year. We've had two different wholesale deals where we're just waiting for next year to come and they're they're in the bag they want to sell um so those are the types of of statistics that i'm seeing now when you're sending out batches of 500 to a thousand and and next month we're going to focus on you know expanding the amount that we send out that's a lot of calls it's a lot of that's a lot to take on Um, i like it so do you take the calls yourself or do you have someone else? I'm a control freak, yes. <laughs> I, I do it. I want to talk to them. I want to hear their tone of voice. I want to know what it is that they need. Um, I want to be able to study them and see if I can somehow come up with a solution and what their concerns are because that's going to be what gets me the deal. Speaking of solutions, I would love if you would share maybe a couple of different examples of you know, maybe creative solutions. I mean, is it always just, hey, I want cash and I want it now? Or what are some different solutions you have proposed that have worked for sellers? Good question. Um, Okay. So we've had a couple of different instances where they don't necessarily want cash. Let's say that there's two owners on the property and one just, they want to sell, but the other one just wants to stay in the house. Um, one wants cash, the other just wants to get it rented out. You know, it's free of any debt, which is pretty cool too. So we'll offer, we'll, we'll become the solution. We'll come in and say, hey, we'll buy you out. We'll give you your cash. You know, we can take title as a co-owner with this current, um, what is it, seller, right? We come in and we help them get the property rented. And then in turn, once they start to see that it's performing and we can earn their trust, they'll carry back the paper. Or there's instances where they understand what carrying back paper is and they'll allow us to do it up front. A lot of people, from what I've seen, when it comes to the word of investors, they get like this, this guard up, like, no, you just want to give me a low ball offer. You, you know, you're going to steal from me or something like that. So we come in and we can offer them terms. We can offer them cash. We can offer them a lease option to where... Um, Sorry about that. Might be a seller, huh? <laughs> no, right? um, we can come in and offer them a lease option and just say, hey, if we're the best tenant for the next two years, you know, will you allow us the option to purchase your home? And what we would do is, is you know, sub-rent it from that point. But um, there's a lot of pretty neat things that you can do to get these deals done. You just have to listen to the seller. There's other instances where 
where we're targeting apartment units and they're free of debt. And these sellers don't want to pay the capital gains. Who does? It's a huge chunk of money. So we'll offer them an installment sale and say, hey, look, we'll come in, we'll put in the work that's needed to get these rents up to par, and we'll cut you your check each month without having to be a landlord. And when you decide that you want to sell, we can do that then and figure out how to roll it into another deal. Maybe they turn in and be a private investor for us on a flip. So that's always a good, a good solution. Um, that's, that's all I can think of right now. <laughs> that's awesome. I have never heard of a wholesaler coming in with that opportunity saying that they'd rent the house for a couple of years. That is very creative. Yeah. Hats off to you. I love it. You have to. What would you say is the most frustrating part of being an investor? The most frustrating part of being an investor. Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, You just love all of it. You never get frustrated. Everybody knows that I don't like contractors, but since I'm not flipping anymore, I've alleviated it. That Not that I don't like them, but they're a pain in the butt sometimes. It's very, what I've found in my career that it's so hard to find that consistent contractor. Um, It's hard sometimes. And when you do find them, it's amazing and everything goes great and they seem to get tired after a while. So that's, that's my thing is the contractors. For me, it's, it's a bit crazy. Also, what I've just came across um, on a current deal that's, that we have under contract is there are times where sellers are saying they're the sellers and they're not. Or, oh. yeah, and it's some pretty funky stuff on the deed and title is just a whole new realm. I mean, you can, every deal is different. You can, you know, use your experience to look at these prelims and these title reports and these grant deeds to make sure that you're dealing with the correct seller, that they are in fact the owner. But what happens when it, when there's fraud and it's an invalid grant deed, but it is recorded and it does state that they are the seller, but the title company, you know, it, they can't honor it because to them it's invalid. So I get frustrated with people that, that aren't the sellers that try to come in and sell us the property. And we, you know, wow. come in and throw. Yeah, that's my frustration. I have never known someone personally to encounter that. That's really? just, I'm just what, this honest person that thinks everyone else is honest. I know I'm naive, I'm <laughs> stupid, but um, no, I can't. That's me too. That's me too. Yeah, and then when I hear things like that, I'm like, really? People do that? <laughs> Yeah, we we even held a meeting yesterday with a great attorney who offers really like out of this world title solutions so that you can have more capability to purchase title obstacle properties. And we sat down with him and he's just in two seconds, this is fraud. And I'm like, what? He's like, at least you caught it, you know, ahead of time, your guys' intuition was on point, but it's frustrating. That's a waste of time. It's a waste of marketing. It's a waste of, you know, but, um, the, the learning experience is good. We'll be able to catch that and detect that from now on. So That's, That sounds great. Would you be willing to share that attorney's contact info? We can put that in our show notes. Ooh, yes. Okay. He's not, yes, he's not a secret. Okay. So I will include his um, info in the show notes. All right. Yeah. Perfect. Um, moving on. What do you like best about being an investor or what do you find most rewarding or fulfilling? 
Ooh, okay. So this, well, last year and this year, um, my mentor approached me about teaching. He said, you know, the way to expand and, and to, to expand your horizon and to, and to learn more about your business is when you have to explain it. Now, for me, this is, this is so different, okay? So there are challenges for me personally in that. Um, I decided to take on interns and students. Interns are where they come in and they give free hours of service in exchange for real estate education. And um, students pay you to, to mentor them, right? So last year was, I had a total of three interns and one student. Oh my gosh, it was completely eye-opening and it feels so great. This is what I absolutely now love about real estate and entrepreneurism. You're not just taking yourself to the finish line. You're helping others see that they can get a check, that they can make it, that they can do and, and achieve their dreams. For me, that's what gets me up in the morning. Yes, it's great when you're doing it for yourself, but when you're seeing that light bulb go off in other people and they're now pursuing their passions and leaving their nine to five job, that is better than just doing real estate. That, that is something huge. So that has shifted a lot of, that's shifted a lot in, in general. Um, last year, I also co-authored a book with Greg S. Reed, who wrote Three Feet from Gold. That was just this awakening that there are so many other people out there that go through the same struggles that we go through and challenges as entrepreneurs because we are just different. We are going after something extraordinary. It's different. We get to make our own hours. We get to say what we make. Um, the next thing that I completely love about real estate is being able to be creative and be a solution to a lot of these sellers who are in these really stress, anxiety situations. It feels great to, to just meet with them and you can see the, the relief when you say, hey, you know what? We've done this before. We, can, we, we got this. Don't worry about it. We can make this happen. It's okay. And then you create great relationships from there. So that's everything that I love about real estate. That's, it's changed since last time I've spoke. So that's what I love. Very good. I love that. I love thinking of the analogy or metaphor when you're on an airplane and they say, should the cabin lose pressure, oxygen mask will come down, put your own on before you help your child or someone next to you. And that's exactly what you've done. You've figured out you know, how to survive making money doing this. And now you're teaching others how to do it and you're helping others. And it's, I, I also find it very rewarding to be able to show the path to other people and Hey, look, if I can do it, you can do it. If she can do it, you can do it. It's just, it's yeah. very exciting. So I would love to hear your comments on being a woman in real estate. Has it been helpful or challenging? And, um, yeah, that's it. What's your comments on that? Oh, man, that's, that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? So I find that being a woman, I think that women are just awesome and we rock more than men, period. <laughs> so that's just my thought. But I, I do find that there are times where 
we don't get taken as seriously in this business as, as a man would. And that for me is the, the biggest challenge. Uh, for me, it's always been a woman in my age. Um, oh, well, you don't know this. So you don't have this much experience yet. I, I've, I've made, I started so young that I've made so much and lost so much and had to take care of a multi-million dollar accounts to where I do have that experience. And it, it isn't until I sit down and open my mouth that they're like, oh, wow, you, you really are smart. And it's like, yeah, I am. So for me, it's just the challenge of just being a woman in general. You, you, it's, you don't get taken as seriously. And there are times where sellers want to deal directly with just women because it's a male seller or it's, it's a husband and wife and they just feel more comfort with a female. Um, those that I get hit on a lot too, when it comes to sellers, but it's like, it's, <laughs> it's almost like a quirky thing. Like, you know, you got to set your boundaries and just say, Hey, I'm here to be a solution. And this is the same thing when you're not being taken seriously as well, too. You got to let them know that you need business, how you make a living. We need to get to work. We need to take this seriously. My time is as important as yours, regardless of gender. Let's create a solution and get them out. So, those are my challenges. Well said. And I think so much of it, which you do a great job of posturing yourself, you come in with an air of confidence and seriousness and you get the job done. So excellent. So in closing, as we get here to the end, I would love to hear both um, a book that you recommend and also is there some kind of a daily habit that you have that you would recommend that maybe it contributes to your success or that you've seen other people have success with the daily habit. So what's your favorite recent book? So I usually read two books at a time and I do that because one is for business and I've just got a lot of energy. That's, that's, (laughs) so uh, I was recommended to read traction and I think that this is a fabulous book to read. I'm not completely done with it yet. Um, And it has to do with, with, with tools, with resources, systems, knowing your, your company's values and, and hiring people that share those same values. So I'm not done with it yet, but it's got a wealth of information. That's great. And who's this the author one of that actually, one? Oh, that is a Gino Wickman. Okay. And we'll put that in the show notes too. And what's your next book? Yeah. So, um, Brian Tracy, no excuses. And I, love I him. <laughs> I'm so hard on that. And oh my God, let me tell you the story about how I got this book though, how the universe works. I was at the car wash and I spoke to the lady sitting next to me and I knew I had to buy a book about, uh, or by the author, Brian Tracy. I just, I had forgot the name of the title. I really don't even think it was this book, but she ended up, I asked her about the book and she ended up giving me the book. Oh, <laughs> but it was brand new. It was brand new, Holly, like out of the, the Barnes and Noble bag was still there. So this is about the power of self-discipline. I'm really big on no excuses. If you want it, go get it. If you don't, then you really don't want it. So I think that this is a fabulous book to read. This is more for myself than business. Um, next question was a daily habit. Ah. All right, let's bring up this book. So a daily habit that is also mentioned, I think it's in the book Traction, or it's another book that I read it on, but also my mentor is really big on this, and this is where I'm really honing in to be 
just immaculate at this, is an activity sheet. Now, this is just a regular journal that I bought from Barnes and Nobles, but when it comes to business, tracking everything that you're doing, mm. all the emails, all the phone calls, that way you know where you're spending the most of your time and where you need to be better at. So a lot of, and that goes for food, health, business, um, kids, you, you get to see where a lot of your time is spent. And I think that that's so important so that we can become great leaders that we're destined to be. Um, it's really hard to do. Okay. It's a struggle, but I think that it's, it's completely worth it and it's only gonna, it's only gonna make you better. So that's a daily habit. I'm also big on meditating. Um, it's just, it's needed, especially with my kids and, and daily life. I think that meditating and spending, spending time with yourself is really important. So fantastic. Hey, how old are your kids too? So that all the moms out there. Oh, can... my old... oh, got it. So I've got three boys, 11, eight and seven and they door knock too. I, I know you've heard the stories about that. They door knock too. And they've got their leads that they're keeping an eye on and they know that some are slow dances and they've, they've taken, they've, you know, heard the calls that I've taken before and they get upset when somebody says no. Um, so they're, they're out there too. So that's really cool. I think it's so fantastic when entrepreneurs teach their kids these great skills. Even if they don't end up being real estate investors, those are just invaluable skills that will help them through their whole life. So great job, mom. Yeah. Well, that's our time for today. So thank you so much, Jackie. I'm going to put up lots of great notes in the show notes about your recommendations and your resources. You've been fantastic. So thank you from my whole community. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a good day, everybody. If you found value in today's episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show. You can find our show notes at our website, houseflipmasters.com on the podcast page. Also, to get our top tips for finding deals without spending lots of money, go to houseflipmasters.com for your free download today.